name's John Schaefer. I'm a reporter for CityWire Wealth Manager, and I'm here with Andrew Vaughan, manager of the Free Spirit Fund. Thank you so much for coming into the studio today, Andrew. Thank you, John. So today we're talking about Warhammer manufacturer Games Workshop. Um, its stock price has gone on a gargantuan lift. It's raised by a monumental 650% over three years. Um, and it happens to be one of the largest positions in the Free Spirit Fund. So, Andrew, what exactly does Games Workshop do? John, uh, Games Workshop is a, a manufacturer of, of mini- mini- miniature models for hobbyists. And the hobby thing is the really important part because it's so much more than a, than a, a, a plastic or resin product. It's all about a community of collectors and war gamers, people that buy these characters, build up armies of them that then go and uh, paint them. Um, there are books of rules for playing these war games, and it's very much a sort of face-to-face thing. So in, in an age of, of computer-based screen games, this stands out. It's face-to-face. There's a community with it as well. So, so why has the stock price risen so much? It doesn't seem like a very profitable business on the face of it. Oh, well, there's, there's quite a few reasons, and it hasn't, hasn't been a smooth ride. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, my predecessor, Rosemary Banyard, put... Games Workshop into Free Spirit Fund uh, very soon after the fund was established in June 2017. But my colleague Keith Ashworth Lord has held it in his Buffettology funds uh, going back to 2011. And although the stock price has performed very, very well in, in recent years, um, it certainly wasn't. In, it didn't perform so well in the early days. And if you look at the, the price graph going back then, um, there were times when the when the the, the price really wasn't going anywhere. Um, so there's an element of catch up. But there are some there's some really interesting things that have happened. Yeah, in in games workshop. So from your point of view, how long have you held the stock? Um, and how much money have you made out of it? Um, it's been in free spirit since June 2017, and, and Rosemary brought the stock at, at um, eleven pounds forty, and I think we're at, uh, just well, we've just been over seventy pounds. Wow, so uh, you, you've, in you've cashed in pretty much. On it's that, done yeah. very well, but I think what's interesting about it is uh, perhaps for us, it's um, it's it's a holding I've never never reduced, and um, mm-hmm. that's why it's made its way up into the into the, one of the biggest holdings for the fund. And uh, every time the stock has taken one of those lunges upwards, it's always been um, a cue for us to revisit the business and think, you know, can this can can this continue? What is yeah. really going here going on here? And every time we do that, we find there are some very very strong economic models at play. Um, and actually, in terms of valuation, uh, we don't switch out of anything just because it might have become temporarily overvalued. Um, but I do think, um, you know, we're not talking about an extreme valuation here, but there's, there's still, um, it's, it's certainly well within the realms of, okay, of, of sure. prudence. Let's go back to basis. Who's, who's actually buying Warhammer? Uh, but the uh, well, the first thing to say is it's an international business. It's a worldwide phenomenon. This is un- and one of another reason why the shares have performed so well. It's it sold not just in the UK, but um, in fact, um, roughly seventy percent of revenues are coming from outside the UK. So although yeah. there are um, a lot of shops here on the high streets, um, there are I mean there's roughly five hundred shops in total around the world. There's only a hundred odd in in, in the UK, uh, and the target the main audience um, roughly eighteen to thirty year olds. Yep. And I think this is one of the reasons that the uh, particularly under the current CEO, the, the, uh, um, Kevin Roundtree has been very, very successful at bringing in younger cohorts. Um, it's very, very different from, I mean, sometimes um, you could contrast this business with Hornby, which makes the model railways, mm. uh, where we really, I think the, the, the driving force there is perhaps nostalgia, um, some, an older cohort of, 
of collectors. Uh, Games Workshop is appealing to a much younger age group and it continues to bring in new new generations all the time. For instance, you can do a, um, a Scout badge now in, war, in Warham, war, uh, Warhammer right, Gaming. Yeah. Uh, Duke of Edinburgh Award has uh, <laughs> Wargaming as well. So um, um, this is a dynamic thing and, and it's something that you can continue to get better and better at as you get older and you make more and more friendships and that sort of thing. So it really has appeal yeah. and, and, and continues to have appeal. And, and you say it's being sold a lot outside of the UK, what are the biggest regions for, for the sales? Yeah, the, the US is, is the main region, as, as you'd expect. Continental Europe's very big as yeah. well. And there are, in terms of numbers of shops, um, Australia features uh, in there. Have in they there. broken into Asia much? Yes, and, yes, yeah. there's very much Asia as well. But it, and, the, and the way the business works is that, um, in, uh, the striking characteristic of it is these shops that are one-man shops, um, and they are a shop that you can go into and, and talk to somebody who is absolutely passionate about yeah. the hobby. And there will be a table laid out with games on there, and there'll be some people in there, and you and you can always look at the very latest additions uh, 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 to the range the range sure. of models. But the the business does also sell through um, obviously shops its own shops overseas, but also through third party retailers, and obviously increasingly online as well. Yeah. So how important is the retail store? Is that really at the core of the business? You've you've spoken about the retail store quite a bit in in our conversation so far. Uh, if you ask uh, Wayne, uh, Games Workshop, they would not say, see themselves as a retailer. They, um, the retail shops are there to, uh, to nurture that base of hobbyists. It is at the heart of community, and uh, that's what the shops are there for. They would say that they are primarily manufacturers of these products and also guardians and, and, and creators of, of, this, of this community of players. And those shops, if you go into the shop... It, uh, what you'll physically see on the shelves will be only the latest additions to, mm. the, to the range. But you'll also see a website terminal and, and the, the uh, sales can be made, you know, obviously dipping into the entire range. Uh, but, the, but the shops are small. Yeah, and so what's, what's the value from their, from their perspective in having all those retail outfits? I mean, they're quite, quite common in the UK. How many, how many shops have we got? And there's uh, roughly 400 one-man shops in total. There's 500, just gone over 500 shops in the world. There's about 100 in the UK at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, but you will go in there. One, sorry, one thing that is interesting, right? If you look at the history of Games Workshop, and during the time when the share price wasn't performing so well, they were moving away from the high street. They were moving from quite big shops, the kind of things mm. you would expect a, a model shop to look like with you know, lots of space in a prime location. Uh, they took this decision a few years back, which was to move, uh, to, to move, to give up those leases and to move to secondary and even tertiary locations and to move to much smaller premises. But the key thing is though, that they're, they're run by one. There is one person there who is absolutely passionate about the hobby and, and in, and in um, looking after that community of people and inspiring people with, with the hobby. Let's go back to the stock price rise over the last couple of years. And what's fueled that? Okay, if you look at it, it was really sort of 2015 thereafter that it started to, to, to really motor. I think there's a number of factors you can, you can point to. First of all, um, there's been a, been a fantastic product in the form of uh, Game of Sigma. Um, and um, the new CEO has been incredibly savvy with um, social media. There's, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't dare quote the number, it would have changed already, but there are, you know, you're talking about many, many millions of interactions taking place on social media. There's a lot of content being put online so that it's a very dynamic community. There's always new videos going on. There are you know, new new events happening. That's that sort of thing. Um, other factors. I mean, this move to um, one-man stores in secondary and tertiary locations has taken a lot of cost out of the business, as you can imagine. So yeah. that's that's really helped margins. Um, 
things like the sterling, the depreciation of sterling since 2016. This is a business that sells predominantly overseas. So that, that's been um, a very nice tailwind for the business. So have there been well. a lot of foreign investors in, in Games Workshop as well? Um, that I couldn't, I couldn't tell you actually what the share register, the, mm. what the share register itself looks like. But ter- in terms of the business's revenues, they've been boosted by the, yeah. by the fact that the, 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 the pound has been weak. Of yeah. course. Um, are you a little concerned that it's now overvalued as a company. It's got a, a pr- pretty hefty PE ratio sort of going towards 25. Is, is that a bit of a concern as it is quite a large holding in your fund now? Mm. I mean, certainly whenever the, the, the stock price has moved up sharply, I've, I've revisited the question of, of valuation. And I think perhaps the more recent danger is that it's become a much, a much more widely known stock. It's been written about much more and it's obviously in the 250 now. So it's about two and a quarter billion pound market cap. It's on a lot more radar screens than it was. But, you know, every time I've looked at, at valuation, uh, and again, in the most recent, uh, we looked at that we had half-year figures out quite quite recently. Uh, I feel really very comfortable still. And in terms of, interesting, we don't really use PEs um, for our own valuation methods. We look, we're very interested in free cash flow. And although the, the free cash flow yield is actually a bit depressed at the moment because uh, the business is reinvesting in itself, which is one of the things we like about it. There's um, expansion of the manufacturing capacity and also the warehousing capacity going on at, at the moment, which means that it isn't spinning off quite as much cash as, it, as we, we've seen in the past. Uh, but you've nonetheless got a, uh, a very respectable dividend yield. I would, I would guess it's around about 2% or so at the moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, more importantly, you know, those economic models that drew us to the business, we think, are, if anything, are getting, getting stronger. Sure. Um, and do you think the business can scale further? Are, are they looking to branch out away from Warhammer? Are there any other brands, any other products that the company makes? Okay, and a few years back, um, at the time of the millennium, uh, with um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, that was um, interesting actually to go back to that stage because they, um, that wasn't their own product. They were producing that on, uh, under under agreement from the from the IP. So they had a license, basically. exactly. Yeah. Yes, and interestingly, that um, did very well for about three years, and then when that was no longer on the television, actually, that 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 uh, product deflated mm. as well. Uh, and since then, uh, you know, Games Workshop has has concentrated on its own products and has been very very good at innovating. Uh, but in terms of the sort of next leg upwards, uh, one interesting development is royalty income which means that uh, Games Workshop's IP, which it looks after very carefully, um, is, is licensed uh, to others, and it is appearing now in things like computer games. Mm. And uh, we saw last year, we saw about £11 million of royalty revenue in the, in mm. the figures. And but royalty revenue is great because it's, there's no cost attached to it. That's probably relative, a relatively small royalty from, from a sort of uh, significant computer game. Though. I mean, it, it seems that the computer games haven't done particularly yes. well, is that fair to say? Well, I think it's more a question of, of Games Workshop being very, very keen to keep control, um, being adamant of keeping control of what it does. And I think that's a really important point. And of course, I mean, people have also talked about movies, um, and indeed there are, there are some creative script writers within the business. But when you start going into fields like movies, you tend to have to give up the rights to making toys and the merchandise, which Games Workshop doesn't want to do. Mm. One of the things we like about this business, it never does anything very rash. There's never any dash, dash for growth. And so um, this, just the appearance of just a nice level of royalty income for the first time and to see that growing, I think, is, is, is the right, is a, is a, is a uh, very cautious way to grow the business, but is, is taking advantage of that, of, that, of that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, th- there's been the last couple of years quite a surge in the video games industry. And um, a lot of people seem to sort of lump Games Workshop success into that. And do you think, do you think that's fair or do you think that's a sort of poor comparison? 
I think it's a poor, poor comparison. I mean, the, the only overlap really is, as I mentioned, in the royalty income, and that is predominantly arising from PC and console-based games. But it is only you know, 11 million of revenue mm. you know, in a company that's making 250 plus million of, of, of revenue. Uh, no, I think the distinguishing factor here is is that this is a game where people are together in a room. And yeah. uh, I mean, for instance, there's uh, Warhammer Fest 2020 ha sure. happening yeah. at the NEC in the, in the first weekend of May. There'll be you know there'll be many many thousands. I, of I, people I suppose there. is that is that somewhat of the draw of Warhammer that you're not behind a screen; you're actually physically interacting. Absolutely, with people. Um, I really yeah. I, I really think so. Yeah, sure. Um, Let's talk a little bit about coronavirus. Obviously, that's affected everything the, the, the last couple of weeks. Um, e e even Games Workshops dipped sort of 11.5% um, since the markets re reacted to coronavirus. But uh, do you think that's perhaps one product that might actually do well um, if, if people are sort of locked in their houses with illness? Do you think it's something that, that maybe people would, would buy more Warhammer if, if, if they were <laughs> interested in it? Um, always try to tune out of these sort of short-term factors. Yeah. I, I don't think it's something, whatever the outcome, I don't think it's something that is going to mortally damage the, the, game, the wargaming business. But in the short term, yes, I guess, I mean, for instance, the... Uh, the big uh, Warhammer Fest uh, relies on people flying in from all around the world. I guess something like that. There's there's a risk of that. The, well, I that, suppose that would be cancelled. I would assume. And yeah. you, and you could also argue, and this is again that, that, that this is a hobby that takes place face to face. You know, I guess people don't meet up in the way that they did. That that would affect things. But these are all very short term factors. Yeah, sure. Um, so so you know you've been looking at the valuation of the company. Um, do you do you still think, from an investor's perspective, that Games Workshop is still a good buy? Uh, you have to take the long-term view with, with all equity investing. But what I would say is, uh, for us, valuation is, is important, but it's of secondary importance to investing in businesses that have strong economic models. And in Games Workshop, uh, we, you know, we look for three or four different really important economic attributes, and this is one of the few companies that displays all of them. And that, that community I mentioned earlier is a very, very important thing. It's very hard to be, for, another, for a competitor to displace displace that mm -hmm. there is a very embedded customer uh, uh, customer base and this com this company is incredibly customer focused and it, it, it is investing very carefully where it spends its money it only ever spends its money in making the product better and better sure who are the big competitors I, I'd be honestly I'd be pushed to name name a single one that's doing this on, on the same sort of scale um, and I don't think the um, screen based uh, games are a comparison at all Andrew, well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks so much. Thank you, John.